Shopping Maniacs, you're listening to a 2021 edition of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave, heading into the ninth season, Rupert, or tenth season, is it? And with me is Chris, uh, comfortable in the booth choir. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm doing very well. I actually just got to see a, a photograph of your new booth. Not really a booth, more like a giant room in your yard. And I, because I didn't, I, I feel like you showed me early on pictures. Remember, we were looking at that website and I went on that whole tirade that it looks like Tailwind, even though that's not fair because Tailwind can look like anything and yada, yada, yada. And, and then they told me, hey, that drove so much traffic to our website. We like weren't prepared for that. <laughs> so what? <laughs> the shop talk yeah, show yeah. effect is real. Gosh, if we sell one booth. At, what's the what's the commission on one booth? I don't know. A couple grand, Maybe. I bet, you know. I hope. I hope. I hope so too. Um, it looks absolutely epically beautiful. It looks like you know, like like uh, like uncrate or something. You know, like that. Oh yeah, I'll put it on there. Alex. <laughs> yeah, buy my house, babies. Yeah, it's one million dollars. Yeah. Oh, dad. Starting at least yeah. in Austin, Texas, with that thing in the backyard. That's a million dollar house for sure. Twenty million. Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. Let's get into the double digits for sure. <laughs> well, it's a new year starting off. You know, just. Just horribly. Just pandemically. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's that. I feel a little, of course, isolated from some of the worst of it here in Bend, Oregon, because once in a while you might see a, you know, a Trump fanatic with a flags flying in the back acting like a complete asshole. But I don't see buildings being ruined and people being shot and all that. Not that we want to dwell on this. We're going to talk about technology for sure, but it just feels especially raw right now. So sorry, everyone. This Hopefully this podcast will... will the technology vibes will wash over you and you can yeah meanwhile my senator is ted cruz so anyway let's go on to the next thing yeah well you're um, you're blogging you're you're a static you're a static thing you haven't i, I heard you might finish your 11d conversion two years deep uh, but it two years into yet. my 11d conversion i stalled out last year because it was 0.5 seconds a little slower uh, slower than jekyll on my windows machine yeah weird call uh, there that but that hey. was stupid, but I just, I just had this like cost there must benefit be something like, else. panic. Yeah. I had this, like this, like, why would I, why in my brain would I choose something slower? You know, like, but, but I know the benefits are, I can like, if I'm all on node, I'm in my wheelhouse, like exactly. you know, not tinkering with Ruby and crap. And then I can just like code and mess my setup really good. And like, I can add in GitHub Actions a little bit easier. I'm not like balancing two, three environments or whatever in GitHub Actions. Good I just point. was like, uh, there's a lot of reasons I would switch over. Um, not to but mention I just, we know Zach and we can hit him up about questions. Yeah, and I could be like, fix this for me. I invested $16 <laughs> million into your little GitHub project. So, I know. Um, At least you uh, could answer no, my Slack messages, Zach. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I like, I am very... Uh, I, I, I want to be on 11D. I just like, it was slower. And I just was like, oh my gosh. But I think like the, you get into the like minuscule details. I think it's because Jekyll 4 can use the liquid.c extent, like the C binary to com- mm. to process liquid templates. And I think 11D version 1 or maybe 11 does it, 0.11, but 11D version 1 will use that Two and I think the speed difference will just be nuked. And I know, like yeah. Alex, uh, they're both pretty quick these days, though. They n- n- none of them touch Go or Hugo because Go is just ridiculous. No, yeah, goes goes. But the the limit there is you have to use Go templates, or else you don't get any of those benefits. Mm. You know, so uh, and that to me is kind of a deal breaker because because you're like bought in. Uh, my migration to Eleventy, more or less, like other than like weird filters I chose. Uh, yeah. like all my liquid works. I just move it over. It yeah. just works. You're a liquid guy, you know? huh? Liquid is I the love default. Liquid, actually. Do you really? Liquid's the default in 11T2. Like if you don't do anything, you get liquid. I think so, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Nunjux is kind of a, a first party I'm thing definitely a well, Nunjux but... guy, but nobody, that's so untouched. It is mm. abandoned. And it kind of, who cares? Because... Uh, because it just works fine. It's not like it's not like you're like, gosh, I wish Nunjux could do this. It feels very feature complete to me, but hey. It does. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, I have this weird thing on my blog. I'm doing weird stuff. That's me. Yeah. Like my about page is weird. My like books page is weird. My, you sure. know, I do weird stuff. 
uh, article page a little weird, but I have this thing where it's like one template has to be nunjucks and one template has to be liquid because I was using some Jekyll feature or something. Okay. And like, I have this, I, I, Eleventy I would love that. Eleventy doesn't care. Eleventy doesn't care. Yeah. That's the beauty of Eleventy. You just, you say, here's a file. It's in this template. And it's like, cool. I'll just do my best, bud. Like, <laughs> like uh-huh. it doesn't even care. Uh-huh. Like, it's impressive. Uh, it's been on so. my mind a lot lately too. Four reasons I can't get into here. Uh, but I'll show you later. Secret stuff. Um, Secret. Well, one of the, so the reason I even mentioned this at all, even though we're both working on our websites, I launched a whole new design. Maybe we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Congratulations. Bit. Yeah. You did, you did your thing. You did the Chris Coyer thing. Yeah. You just hit publish. You just hit mm-hmm, publish. You do it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't no work. It was probably two weeks of half days. I would put yeah. it in the kind of realign category, right? Because mm-hmm. it has like the spirit of the previous version. Mm-hmm. You're up to what, like version? It's eighteen or something. Eighteen yeah. now. Um, uh, and it, what's nice to me about it is that I still have my chops. Not you know, like I'm not the world's best designer, but when it's my own site and I take my time, I don't think I'm the world's worst designer either. So I'm like kind of happy about that. Like I think it looks okay, and there's a lot more polish I can do, but it's it's not without its polish. And in, but there's a kind of a lot to it, you know, like, believe it or not, it's somewhat of a complex site, you know, thousands of authors and lots of different content types and tags and categories and art directed blog posts as well and all kinds of stuff and e-commerce and checkout and old forums. And there's just a lot to think about. So every time I get that kind of the opportunity to V17 was not on purpose, a complication, but you know, I worked with Kylie on the, on the design of it. It was very fancy. I mean, there was a web component that had an SVG in it to set text in a circle because that was just part of the design of it. Like that was really cool. But now that I'm like a little more on my own and I didn't, wasn't working with anybody else on this redesign, I'm like, "Mm, I'm afraid the circle text needs to go because that's a little technical that I don't need right now. Yeah. No, I think, I think it like, it's very much like that, that V17 was a very big shift. Like just the kind of, I think of like the pastel gradients and stuff like that everywhere. And this feels like just a real line, a little tightening up of kind of what mm. you're doing. And there, cards so. is the, I would say that that's what didn't really do cards before. And now these are very much like just an absolutely prototypical card thing. And there's, mm-hmm. there's variations on the cards and all that, of course. But uh, I think that works for a site with like, you know, some, what, 20,000 pieces of content on it that I try to like pack a lot of onto pages because that makes sense a lot of times for sites like that. Anyway, I have more to say about that. Talk about, because we were talking about you and Eleveny and Juggle and static sites and mm-hmm. that type of thing. Your recent post was on how you could art direct a blog post. You know, I used to rally against that word art direct. What we're talking about is when you go to a, a blog that probably has a normal template for blog posts, it's just they all generally kind of look the same, which in the world of publishing... Column of text. Yeah, it kind of has to be that way. Like, you you know, it's if, if you're publishing four posts a day, there's nothing wrong with just using a generic template for that. That's the way the world turns. But it is really fun sometimes to be like, I'm going to turn this article on its head, apply special colors and fonts and layout and have a special header and yada, yada, yada. They call that art-directed blog posts. I used to get, you know, that was kind of called out at one point as being like a misuse of the word art direction. I'm starting to come around to it because, okay, we didn't hire an art director to do it. An art director is a real job that's very defined and is a big deal and stuff. But still, the end result of a blog post that's been highly customized, it is kind of like you art directed it. So anyway, I'm mm-hmm. I'm okay with yeah. that term. So art directed blog posts, I I can tell you four or five ways to pull it off in WordPress, and maybe I'll get to that. But it's a little bit of a different world in a static site. So you were kind of exploring how did you do it, Dave? Yeah, like so I think a Collie Simon Collison had a really good post over the break, kind of just like. He's just saying all these personal websites are so boring and it didn't used to be that way. You know, maybe it's some like old man feels or, you know, shakes fist at cloud kind of stuff. But, but he was kind of just, I think getting at like, these are your personal websites. They're, they're not you, like make it personal, be, be, have fun, you know, like on your website. And, and um, I'm anytime somebody posts that I'm just like, 
yes, hundred percent thumbs up. Let's go. Like, <laughs> let's go. I'm let's do it. And, and, you know, even, uh, on your series over the break, the kind of, what did I learn in 2020? Mm-hmm. Um, like I noticed, I don't know if everyone knows, but I noticed a little bit of art direction, a little bit of Houdini outlines or whatever on some links or texts and stuff like that. Kind of some hand-drawn feels, some like, you know, multi-column bits here and there. And for the record on that, that was, it was lightweight and it was largely like a, almost like a Gutenberg powered thing. It was almost like we didn't like craft a style sheet for each one of these. And it was kind of like, we have all these tools for applying little custom styles to these posts on an individual block basis, on the whole post basis, et cetera. Why not take advantage of it where we can? And because this was a special series, we did it a little bit. We pushed the needle on that a little extra harder than we normally do on a day-to-day basis. But they they weren't like a, you know, <laughs> Jason Santa Maria holiday candy post or whatever. Right. But, or even yeah. a Dave Rupert crazy, <laughs> you know, art directed post. Because you, you pull out the stops once in a while, too. If you're a better designer like Jason Santa Maria, um, like, uh, you know, he produced these kind of these posts about candy every year. So <laughs> favorite Halloween candy. And they just were like the candy. It was like, there was photography. There was like texture. There was everything, you know, text aligned with mm-hmm. it. Um, it was really amazing. And like, you know, it, it gives way to kind of some really cool experiences, uh, just reading experiences on the web. If you take time to do it, but I, I would almost call art direction like a blog post. You take time in styling, right? <laughs> it's not, you know, if doesn't you that mean you direction. need? There, maybe you can pull it off in just CSS. I kind of like it when you can because it means that yeah. I don't know. It's, it seems like it's going to last a little longer because then you rip off that CSS. It just goes back to the regular template, and it's not a disaster. Like eight years yeah. from now or whatever, which I do care about very real no but then it sometimes it revolves some html too and then you get into a little trickier territory maybe that's fine but maybe it's not you know yeah i mean if you're trying to style like a certain paragraph you know you're like whatever you can do like p nth of type five or whatever now and and that's like sweet um but you know maybe you would like add an id to the p tag or the section or something just to make it like really pop or whatever um and that, you know, you're going to be kind of, once you code HTML in your text editor, you kind of, you're stuck with it for a while. So you <laughs> like, are, and there's a, so. I think there's a slightly higher chance that you regret that custom HTML in the post or that it causes you, you future problems. Yeah. Maybe not a hundred percent, but a little bit. That really is kind of what Gutenberg is doing. It's just a, it's just a level of trust. So to, to me, mm-hmm. a big deal is just a simple one. Let's say I want to set two things side by side in a post. You need mm-hmm. HTML to do that. There needs to be a wrapper and two inside children and you use some kind of CSS to make that happen. You mm-hmm. could do that on your site easily. You just type a div. Do, yeah. You type a div because Markdown supports divs and all that stuff and that's fine but, but Gutenberg is doing it too. It's just like it's doing it in a way with classes and stuff that I trust will last forever because it's built into the core product. Then I can latch onto those classes and say these classes are never going to change. So I don't know mm-hmm. which one. I'll, mm-hmm. I just felt like mentioning that. But so, what did you do though on this site to make to unlock the possibilities of art direction? So the I kind of it's like three tricks basically. It's I mean I think like the baseline is I think CSS custom properties like, and that's like your light theme, your dark theme. But then like you're getting into post themes. Like you know if you're whatever you're taught doing a post about the blood moon or something. I don't know. Maybe you want an all black website with red text or something. You know, you just want like, you you just like want a vibe out of vibe. CSS custom properties are really awesome because it's the cascade, right? As long as the styles you add are later in the cascade, Mm. like you override the default style. So like you just kind of, you can just I find theming to be pretty awesome, like variable, like good set of variables. You know, I find that to be pretty awesome. And I could probably take this. I use, I just do colors, I think. And maybe I have a, like a padding variable, Um, Mm -hmm. but you could take this farther. You know, you could take it to uh, like, uh, you know, like um, 
like a heading sizes or something, you know, and it's like, I want to set my H1 to like 9,000 pixels. I want to do that all the time because my heading size is always like a smidge off. <laughs> and so I'd love to like relatively boost it or something like that. So, okay. Okay. Um, so, but by using custom properties and then setting them at the individual post level, are you kind mm-hmm. of saying, is there like a comment in your CSS file or something that's like, never change this variable name because it's literally going to be used on custom posts and I can't? I kind of just know. I mean, it's sort of like if I create a variable, I have committed to that variable. Like it's the API of my website. I have to support it forever. Mm-hmm. But with static sites, here's the power. Like if I change a variable, I just find in project and replace it everywhere. Yeah, because your content is in your repo. It's a lot harder for me to change content on a WordPress site across the book. It's not totally impossible. You could write an SQL query, but you (laughs) that's a different Mm, ballgame. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. So, (laughs) I mean, you could, but like, um, but no, that's like, that's one of the advantages of static sites is it just, it's really just like I can, you know, I have some local testability, you know, I think even if right. you're, you're doing static sites, but you're on contentful or something like that, these services are great. Don't get me wrong. But like, I think you would be limited in, in what you can do mm-hmm. there. So it's not unchangeable, that, but just that idea of revisiting every single post to manually make changes, it's just never been a palatable choice. You know, mm-hmm. that's why for, you know, since the beginning of time on the web, we've been like, oh gosh, no way would I hard code my navigation into each page, I'm going to have an include that includes it there so I can change it once and it changes everywhere. That same concept yeah. is what we're talking about now in 2021. I don't want to yeah, change, change it once, change it right. everywhere. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by, well, it's brought to you by WordPress.com. Do you know WordPress offers like high quality educational courses. The URL for those is wpcourses.com. It's brought to you right by the wordpress.com folks. It's a pretty new thing they're doing. They have a course called Blogging for Beginners and they just launched a brand new one called Podcasting for Beginners. So it's 99 bucks. It's for you get access to the thing for a year and they have all kinds of stuff like quarterly sessions led by the wordpress.com team, on-demand access to the content, regular office hours with people. So it's like it's not you buy the course and you get access to the course, but then you have access to, you know, the people behind the course to ask questions and do what you need to do. So it's, you know, it's a six hour video course. So it's going to take you to being knowing a heck of a lot about about podcasting. Like This is the thing to do if you want to get into podcasting. You know how engaging of a format it can be. You're listening to a podcast right now. So there's that, you know, uh, 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 pretty compelling in that way. I like that the um, the thumbnail for this course is a Shure SM7B microphone, which is what I am speaking into right now. So they know what they're doing uh, with recommendations for gear and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, because this is offered from the WordPress.com people, they're recommending something that you can do on WordPress.com. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, know that you can do it on WordPress.com. Uh, uh, as well. And of course, I recommend that you do. I want to listen to your podcast. Do it. Tell me what you podcast. <laughs> anyway, this is lovely. I liked your, uh, what do you call it? Front matter idea. Yeah. So I do. So the way I inject styles, I don't just write a style brick in my post. I could, yeah, why but not? I just don't. <laughs> just don't. Well, I mean, you could, uh, for me, it's like, it needs to go in the right place, uh, you know, because yeah. um, if I inject a style brick in the thing, well, that might render on the RSS reader. And all of Ew. a sudden, somebody's RSS reader just turns black or something. I don't know. It might. might. It's weird. also a little um, <laughs> not cool to put a style tag in the body. I think it's kind of supported, but maybe not like encouraged or maybe it is invalid technically. Yeah, I just I, I want things in the right place, you know, f- especially for painting. Like I'm trying to paint as quick as possible. Right. right? Like, so if you. Yeah. Yeah. If you like chuck it in your post you're going to see the flash of what it thinks the site should look like oh. you know and then it'll say like oh there's more style flash cool, just stop style what i was direction. doing and recalculate some yeah <laughs> um so i so i i created two variables in my front matter or three or four actually but like there's a um 
like a body class, so I can just set a body class to turn it light or dark, like uh, theme okay. light, theme dark. Clever. You know, yeah, just basic. Yeah. I actually have like five themes. It's hidden in my CSS file or something. There's a minions one. Don't tell <laughs> anyone. I think it's still there. It's, it's hideous, but it works. Um, but then um, there was a head, uh, foot, uh, head, and foot are kind of the two key ones. And and head injects stuff in the head, like style tags. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to just do styles. Like fonts are also something I want to do. If I wanted to like preload some images or like another article or something, I would do that there too. Like I just didn't want to limit myself just to only styles, um, which I think is what my art direction plugin did on that was for WordPress. You know Um, what? I think it started that way and then it became a, I'm just, just inject whatever you want. It was only head, not foot. But you could put a script right. in there too. It just was a very generic, like whatever you put in this text area goes in the head. Have fun. Yeah. yeah. And then, so then I did uh, foot, and foot is for scripts and stuff right. like that. Or, I mean, in theory, it could be whatever, but, um, uh, but foot is just, yeah, scripts in the foot. Um, that was maybe more important, or like I wanted to all run after my content anyway, but like, uh, I put it after all my site scripts had run. That was maybe more important back, like when I was using jQuery and I needed jQuery to load before. So you could use the dollar selector because if it was in the wrong order, exactly. that would be a problem. That was def- that was like that's classic. I'm sure somebody right now on planet Earth is like, "Why is dollar sign not defined? What the f- yeah? Why is dollar <laughs> so, object? Object is not an object, but <laughs> not a function." Um, so that was, uh, so head and foot, pretty simple. And then the third thing was like, I think I went back into my blog history, you know, and I think it was like 2016. Um, I just was like, I was like bored with web design. Um, it probably shows up on this show too. Uh, but I just was like, this is boring stuff, man. Uh, list details and flows. That's what it is. Every single time you write a list of posts, you write the detail of the post or product, and then you do the flow, the checkout flow. That's it. Every time, every day, I remember this day. my whole life. And, um, and I was like bored. And then I just started realizing, you know, through like people like Sarah Drasner and, and, um, uh, you know, a lot of people like, SVGs are really awesome for like creating animations and simple animations and stuff like that. And I was like, Hey, this is actually a really good territory to add expression. And like, if I just make like an SVG title, you know, metadata font front matter thing, I can inject an SVG into there and render my title as an SVG and bingo. So it's bingo. like, instead of outputting text as an H1, it's just like put, whatever I wrote in this inside the H one. Yeah. And at an ARIA mm-hmm. label. So, so it's, it's cheap. And, and the commitment I'm making there from an accessibility angle is like my graphic will always express the, the title of the post. You know, if I was doing something different, I'd have to figure out a different way of life. But, mm-hmm. um, but the idea is, you know, like my, my whole site, like, is I can add art up at the top and that's a, a really cheap effect, but that really like says like, Hey, this is something I put time into surprise. Like here's a, here's a title as an SVG. And sometimes it's like a full blown out, like illustration I made. I'm not good at illustrating, but I, I <laughs> uh, but, or sometimes it's just an outline of text, you know, but the it sky's the limit. It's an SVG and literally anything an SVG can do. You could just plop right in there and it doesn't even have to be yep. SVG. Cause I looked at the code you put in the blog post and all it does is jack whatever's in there into a H1 tag. I mean, you could, yep. you could it it just could be a canvas. I mean, not really cause you'd need a script tag then, but no, it could, uh, but it, yeah, it could totally just be a canvas like, um, or, uh, or whatever. Like it's really just, you know, and, and when you have SVG, you can do cool stuff. Like you can animate SVG with CSS, which is what I did on my little post, but you can also use JavaScript, which I've done before, you know, um, in my, uh, like 2020 posts, I have this big, like, Mm -hmm. uh, County map of the United States. And it's like, uh, you know, and I just kind of was like, I'm going to make it. So if you hover a County, it'll like, get more Corona basically. And I just was like, that's fun. That's what I want to do. I'm done. I like, like the idea. But it's, so it's given you a lot of freedom, but some constraints. I mean, just the idea that you called it SVG and the point of it is like, 
do more SVG titles, it's going to encourage you to do that. And yeah, mm-hmm. and it will. And uh, you know, the yeah, ARIA yeah. label is a nice little touch there because it's kind of like I can, it's just an image. I can just dunk whatever I want in there. And the post title will have the ARIA label around the H1. You're not materially harming accessibility in any way. I mean, you do need to be a little careful because hopefully what people read on the page with their eyes kind of is that title too because I know that's a, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. You know, and they're, you know, there's, I think the next phase of my art direction life is I, I'm kind of interested in this concept of weight, you know, like, like, and you kind of do it on your homepage, but it's like, you want the heaviest weighted article at the top. I just have a chronological list, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, if I like say like, oh, this is an important post. I feel like it should be heavier or outlined or different, you know, and um, hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I'm trying to figure out what that it's is like up at the very top tricky. Or, I've never really solved that myself because we, I do this concept of link posts. In fact, in my mind right now, I feel behind on them because I have a good five link posts that I'm like dying to get written and published. I like how they're really they can be extraordinarily short. You know, I probably bring up Gruber too much, but I really, he's been really pissed lately because of all this country stuff. And I'm like, yeah, go get him, oh. buddy. Yeah. And he, he published him, a... <laughs> Sweep the <Yeah>. leg. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a little more badass than I am about being able to speak his mind. And I, I like it. It's not like I'm afraid. I just don't want to, I don't know what to, I want to, I don't want to sound dumb. Anyway, he, he published a... Sure. Sure. The definition of the word sedition, which is an alternative word to treason, and all it is, it says Miriam Webster colon, and then a quote of the definition of what sedition is. And everybody knows what he means. It's just, a, it's good. It's like educational. It's fun. It's a poke at the current times. It's like, a hand, it's so short as a post. I don't have a template on CSS Tricks that does that justice. You could probably mm-hmm. pull it off a little better. It's just a header. It's a white page because you do the kind of the single column thing, which I really, really mm-hmm. like. It's just business wise, I I can't pull that off. I need I, hard hard to do with ads. Yeah, and, and and so much content. I I have, right. Even if I didn't have ads there, I'd probably use the real estate for related things. I'd use the space some way. And, and as in fact, Dave, I have a post template that I think I call it art directed, which isn't the only way I can art direct posts on the site. But when I activate that post template, you know, because that's a cool WordPress feature, I can just pick a template from a dropdown. Which po- which template do you want to use for this post? We don't use it a ton, but what that one does is it makes a big header, kind of like you got, you know, big full width header. Yeah. And it doesn't have a lot of stuff in it. Our normal template is like it could have breadcrumbs and a and special dates and tags and all the stuff. It's just the title, the author and the date. And so it it's mm-hmm. but it's big, you know, by default it's like ooh, this big cuz the the idea is I'll probably I'll put a big image behind it or something. And then it's a single column mm-hmm. all the way down, nothing on either side white. So the idea is that I have a better base template in which to apply our direction to. So it, it kind of encourages the, it's more of a blank slate. It looks nice on its own, but it's more of encouraging. That's what you, I mean, that's what you start with every day. So it's kind of like, it almost, I should call the template Dave Rupert or something, because it gives me that base template to work blank. from. Blank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> blank. Um, but you know what I mean? But then a, a, a link post on the site, it still has this big sidebar and all this. I feel like I, I need it. I should have a template that renders when you hit the URL of a link post on CSS tricks in a way that a very small amount of content still feels right. It almost feels like broken. If you land on a post that's that short on CSS tricks, it works okay in the card, yeah. but not on the page template. I've started, I have link posts on my site and I do like a different title treatment slightly. I mean, like I have a view link button in the header or like the metadata section. And then yeah. like I have a link icon, basically, you know, like a, font awesome my icon or something um that's just kind of says like this is a link hey this is different than like a normal post like i'm talking about something oh you, you know? do have you but, have some kind of metadata that suggests that yeah that's, that's smart yeah. that's smart you know that's called what do you call it? you know just i don't know uh it just flags main tags categories Content, content strategy. strategy, you know, like even if you're not using it right now, you've thought of it because it's an important piece of meta information about that post that you may want to use at some point. 
Yeah. One thing I'd maybe like to do is like, if I talk about a video specifically, I want the, I want the video that be the first thing you see and click, you know, and then I'm going to talk about it after yeah, or something. Yeah. So I do that. Like talks would be, you know, like something I do or something, you know, there's, there's just like, you know, I don't know. I think that's a great way to, you know, how many videos do I watch a week? A hundred or something, <laughs> you know, like I should just talk about some of them, yeah. you know, like some of them are good. Oh my gosh. So. That's funny. I just had that happen to me on CS tricks. I watched like five good videos and I was like, should I, I feel like it's a post one post per video. It maybe is the right way to do it, but mm, mm-hmm. I didn't like that for some reason. I feel like it might be over overload on different videos. So I published a post that said some recent videos about websites that are pretty good. And I put all five of them in there. <laughs> Check them in. There um, you go. And I don't, it's fine. It's just, then you'll never be able to find it again. If you're like, what's that one? Like Hayden Pickering had this wonderful video on briefs.video of, of what progressive enhancement is. It's hilarious. He makes great points in it. I could see wanting somebody reading that and be like, oh, I got to find that again. If I called it the blog post on CSS Tricks, Hayden Pickering gets weird about progressive enhancement, you'd probably be able to find it again. I mean, hopefully you remember Hayden Pickering and you just Google it and find it on yourself. But if you remember you read it on CSS Tricks, it stands to reason you might come back here to look for it. And now you're never going to find it because my stupid post title has no indication at all about it. I mean, hopefully the on-site search will get you there, you know, but I'm not doing you any favors. Yeah, titles are hard. I, I did week notes for a while, um, which are awesome if you're doing week notes. But it's basically like a here's the stuff I saw this week, and here's the stuff I like I thought. Yeah, that's all you have yeah. to do. You know, short thought, short short uh, set of links, however you want to do it. Um, but not, as a result, I have a bunch of content buried in these week notes posts that I'm like, oh, I know I talked about that on my blog, but I have no idea where. And I have to like cruise through all the week notes and, yeah. and try to figure out where it is. You can you know? open your so site with VS Code. I, as as much search. as I love those posts, I now slightly regret them just because I I don't I don't remember what's in each one. You yeah. know, yeah. so it is. It's just this um, content strategy stuff is hard for us non-content strategist. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you by AWS Amplify. Now, they had a release right at the end of last year that if you missed it, you should really be aware of. You know, AWS Amplify is, it's not really a framework because it doesn't, like when I say the word framework, I think like Vue or React or whatever is on the web. Amplify isn't that. It's not like necessarily giving you a UI framework like that, but they call it a set of tools and services. Because if you're going to build a website like that, then you're going to like need to like have auth, for example. Maybe if you want it, if you need it, Amplify can help with that. How about a data store? How about a real-time GraphQL data store? That'd be pretty cool. AWS, oh, we can offer that. Or like image hosting. I got to put my images somewhere. Like AWS has S3 buckets, like the world standard for storing assets like that amplify helps with that so aws has the tools and amplify kind of like helps you use them and tie them together and be a really nice place to work it's like a the the part of aws that's like really takes devops super seriously you know so amplify had this release that like okay it's this set of tools. There's a CLI to use the tools. It's nice. There's a lot of niceties in there. Now there's new releases that there's like a visual component called they're called the admin UI. So imagine you're working on your site and even locally, of course, and you can just go to like slash admin at it and like all your Amplify stuff is there. Say you are using their data storage. Well, this new UI has like a way to view all the data that you're storing uh, you know, using Amplify and like even model it as well. So like, oh yeah, hmm, what's my data model look like again? Let me just open slash admin and go look and manipulate it and develop a schema for that data and all that. Or like, what are the users of my my app? You know, oh, why don't I go to slash admin and look and grant people new permissions and revoke other permissions or whatever. Now you have a UI to handle all that, which is highly appealing to someone like me. So check out Amplify and definitely check out their admin UI release. It is really cool.
Let me recap Dave's thing here, because this is really cool. So Art Direction, Dave, Dave's on Jekyll, but it could be any static site generator because it's just front matter that's doing this. You have your CSS set up such that there are custom properties that any post could set that change things like colors. And so you can see that on mm -hmm. this post. There's a light blue background. Looks great. That's one. Two, in your front matter, you say head, foot, SVG title, class name for HTML tag, whatever. You've given yourself a set of hooks in the front matter that really open up the door to any type of styling you might need to do, but do suggest some particular ways to do it, like have a big, beautiful SVG header, you know, but the door is open. Put whatever CSS and JavaScript yeah. you'd want in there because in the JavaScript is intended to, to go in the footer kind of thing. So that's really, that's really cool. That's that's a way that anybody that's could it. do that. This is not like a super advanced stuff, right? Your template just needs to grab that front matter and jack it into the template, and you're off to the races. And and art direction is 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 cool and fun. Yeah, and hopefully, like I mean, I would love to see if people run with this or whatever. Um, again, it's like just a little personality and a website goes a long way. Like if you spend a, more than a week on a post or something, like spend another week or a day, like just juicing it up a bit or something. I don't know. Not every post has to be a banger, but you know, just give your, give yourself a little bit of, a little bit of something. Maybe it's a custom HR or something. Always fun. The winner is Sarah Swaydan with her birds on a wire HR. It's like the, the best. Yes. Just cheating. Cause I, so I know wow. I love it. So uh, I just have like a big beefy gradient bar, which is kind of funny as I, I feel like, you know, I should do this in Gutenberg. Oh, this is a good idea because Gutenberg has these has, has like variations on blocks and it gives you this beautiful mm -hmm. UI for picking which variation you want. I even have a variation of a paragraph. That's what I do on CSS tricks for the, the blocks that say, Hey, and then have this orange kind of gradient around it. It's just a P yeah, tag yeah. where I switch. Oh, this is a Hey block. So boop. And now it's a Hey block, you know? And one of the things that I like about this, and this is this is might be a hundred percent op um not true for people that kind of almost prefer writing in a code editor. In fact, I had a meeting yesterday with my, you know, partner in crime co president of of, of CodePen, Alex, you know, Alex is one of my damn heroes. He just and he's very good at expressing not only his thoughts, but he's like how he comes to those thoughts and how he prefers to express those thoughts. And he's like, you know, I know we use Notion. Notion is fine. I like Notion. But a lot of times, because I stare at VS Code so much, uh, he writes in Markdown files just in VS Code, in Markdown. Because it, it, mm -hmm. it just comes yeah. out of his brain better, and he likes to look at it in that format. And then he'll push it to GitHub or something so that we can look at it formatted instead of seeing his mm -hmm. Markdown, which I don't want to look at really, you know? Um, yeah, well. Anyway, yeah. my... my my point of that is that I, I don't like writing like that. Not all, at all. I like writing very mm -hmm. visually. So when I, I can write in the Gutenberg editor, when I click that hay block, it visually turns into a hay block in my editor where I'm editing it immediately. Yeah, cool. Same with code. My code is sitting there, syntax highlighted in my editor. You know, when I when I do a block quote, it looks like a block quote immediately. When I apply custom CSS, when I'm styling a post, that's that CSS is applied into my editor immediately, so I can see what it's doing. It feels very it, it like we used to make fun of WYSIWYG, and that's like, well, sorry, WYSIWYG has arrived. Now this really yeah. literally is WYSIWYG. So no, I there's we have a client set up on. You know, we were going to do the whole Netlify CMS and previous stuff, but just through whatever restrictions, we couldn't use it. Um, but so we're kind of in this GitHub content authoring flow or Git-based content authoring flow. And it's like, ah, it's just not as great, man. You know, like for, for content authors, because they hop into a file and sometimes there's a bunch of HTML or something in the Markdown because that's what Markdown does. And it's just like, oh, this is noisy. Like, what is this stuff? You know, like the the you you got really center if you're building a cms or a content site you got kind of sort of center around who's going to be authoring the content and what they're going to be uploading and stuff like that so it's really important so i my next post is i think i probably it's going to be about how i like do blogs posts on my site and i like hmm. i do uh, that's great i do 
I made this whole notion Kanban. I have like 90 post ideas in there. Like it's just this with different statuses of completedness and stuff like that. And, um, and, and it's cool. But then I'll like, when I get to like the final draft, when it's like, okay, it's time to start, stop like tweaking, I'll export all that. And then it goes into my, uh, then it goes into my, my, uh, whatever my, my code editor as markdown. And then in my markdown editor, I have a few plugins like write good linter, which is, I think I've talked about before, but it's like a, uh, linter, uh, a grammar linter for markdown. And it's kind of like Hemingway or, or even Grammarly or something like that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very basic, but it's basically, it just says like, this is a weak word or this is a, like, you're in a passive voice, so quit that and stuff like that. So it helps me kind of like tune up the post just before I send it out, and then I publish it. So, and please you know, write it's, about it. It's a little it. convoluted. Yeah, no, it's, it's no, it's a little convoluted, but it, it like has helped me like I don't know, just at least organize my brain because having ninety posts in a folder was not helpful. To I love people's convoluted flows. You should write in to Shop Talk Show. Go to our website and do the thing and talk about your what your convoluted flow is for publishing or deploying or anything. I I know we're talking about writing blog posts here, which is kind of what I'm getting at, but I guess it, it could be anything. Convolution is the key. Write it and tell us. I'll 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 do I'll copy Dave and do a real quick one. Yeah. We that put that series, that end of year series that you're talking about that we did. Mm-hmm. Um there's also a thing in WordPress called a featured image. So for any given post you mm-hmm. can have one of them and you click it in the sidebar and you upload or pick from your media library or whatever a featured image. Now it's you have to turn that feature on, but it's like because it's part of like the WordPress world that you can do that. Lots of stuff uses it. Lots of themes use it. There's APIs and PHP in which to access it and use it. They, you know, you're a lot of sometimes search results use the featured image as a little thumbnail right next to it. Social media integration will use your featured image as the meta tag thing in the head. It's just very built into a lot of stuff. So we like to use it. We, and we've been using it for a long time. So cool. There's that. Oh, where was I going with it? Oh, the convolution of the flow, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. then on that series has a homepage too. They're not just blog posts, but there's a category page that shows all the blog posts together. That's a custom template mm-hmm. in WordPress. We call it category end of year 2020 or whatever dot PHP. That way that category template automatically gets picked up by the theme and just used, right? We don't have to write any code for it. If you name the file correctly in WordPress land, it'll just use it. So I was able to apply custom CSS on that page and it's nice. You know, there's Dave Rupert's head with some fancy little circles behind it and a block quote of one of the pull articles from it and says Dave Rupert and the date and we designed it in the shape of it is almost that kind of 16 by 90 look that looks pretty good on social media. So I'm like, why would I open up Photoshop or Figma or Acorn or something and design one from scratch for this image when what ends up on that page is pretty much what I want. Like a screenshot mm-hmm. of that would be fine. Now, I didn't do the whole like puppeteer crazy town because that's fun, but I didn't oh, want to go on, there yet. Come on. Come on. But I also couldn't publish the post in WordPress, then go take a screenshot, then go upload the featured image because the dominoes have started to fall by the time when you hit the publish button. It automatically gets tweeted and yada, yada. So I needed the screenshot before I hit publish. So we designed that category page to have a custom SQL query on it that would query for all posts in that category, whether they were a draft or not. Whether they're Mm because you can just do that, you know, like it's just a computer, it's in a database. So the first thing we do is when we're writing the post is we wouldn't give it the category until the last minute. Then right before you publish it, you give it the category, you go to the category page, it's there, even though it's not published yet, because that's how we wrote the query. Take a screenshot, upload the screenshot as a featured image to the post, then publish it. So there's only for a split mm. second is it on the category page before anybody can read it. But that allowed us to have the screenshot to use when we did hit the publish button. Super convoluted. I thought that was like, yeah. but it yeah. only took us about five minutes to think up and, and get live. So it's kind of like, I don't care that it was convoluted. It solved a problem and it did it nicely. You know? No, I can make it more convoluted for you. <laughs> 
you get a biom. So what you do switch is, operating. So what system. you do is it's an input to look up a post by the ID. Yeah. And then you plop that and then it'll oh. like it'll and then it'll spit you out the image for you. And then you can uh but maybe you have different templates, a little drop down uh, selector. Would you use like a secret that. query parameter deal? Oh yeah, 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 totally. Like slash image. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Getting too complicated. I know like uh like West Boss will creates an SVG for a lot of his posts mm-hmm. and stuff. And um like so all his posts have like an SVG graphic and then uh some process on the Gatsby build pipeline he has will screenshot that and or like turn that into an actual PNG, I think, because you can't just upload an SVG to Twitter. So uh, no, anyway. you cannot. Uh, you can't have it as your meta tag. Wouldn't that be either? so handy, though? <laughs> because, but I guess if you have a picture of somebody's face in there, that anybody that's SVG, fallen but. in love with SVG has also come to terms with how second class citizen it is in the world of image formats. Oh, you mean on Windows when you download an SVG and it gives you an Internet Explorer icon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're familiar. We're familiar over on Windows Land. <laughs> But Mac, the Mac's alternative is like, what is this file? Is this math? I'll just show you math. Yeah. That's what yeah, it is. No good. And then you install like one piece of software that recognizes them. And then that's the icon for them forever. And it. Yeah. Illustrator for the rest of your life. Yeah. You're opening then you installed parallels SVGs once and, and something over it took over there. So now when you double click them, it tries to start windows for you to open it. Yeah. yeah and it opens IE <laughs> in windows. Yeah. Oh so my good. gosh. That is funny. You know, but they're so powerful. There was I published a link to a blog post. I think the, the you know the prior art for it is is who knows what. But I think there's a not I can't remember the details of it. But here the, here's the technological details: is an SVG can have a style block inside it, as you probably yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. And then if that is the case, which could include animations or whatever, then you mm-hmm. use that SVG as an IMG. Not even inline SVG, just use it as an IMG. That animation will still run. Yeah, wow. Really man. wild, which means like you can get weird in your GitHub repo, readmes and stuff. And your RSS can have animation in it because it's just an IMG tag. And some of that stuff works and some of it doesn't. It's weird. Yeah. Like, it's, I wouldn't count on it, quote unquote, but it. Yeah. And then if you use like SVG use, it's like, oh, this is in the DOM, even though it's loaded from a different website, you know? And like, but if you don't, it, it's different, yeah. So. Yeah, I'd keep it simple uh, if you're going to do that. Okay, well, that was fun. We talked about building new websites and stuff. One point I wanted to make, though, is that, you know, I did it over break because, um, you know, even like at CodePen, we'll be like, we're off for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about yeah. everybody. We'll split up support. Take a mental break, please. You know, like the, we're doing a lot. We have a lot going on in the new year, you know, come back fresh kind of thing. So I'm like, I'm going to do that too. You know, I didn't just, you know, probably as much as I should have, but, but I, you know, it freed my mental space up to do other things, which of course, as a ridiculous, unhealthy nerd, I'm like, I'll program other things instead, you know, instead of actually take a break. But that's when I did my CSS tricks design. I spent two weeks, you know, little yeah. quarter days, half days poking around at design whenever I felt like it and, and got into it. But you know what? It felt great. It felt like a break. It felt fun. It felt rejuvenating. It felt like a hobby and not like a job. That's a good way to put it. Like it's not, you're not, a, it's not a hustle. It's just, uh, it's just what you enjoyed doing. Yeah, so. it did. And it, you know, I have this Jessica Hish poster that it follows me around because it's a beautiful piece of art, I think. And it, now that I'm not looking at it, I'm going to get it wrong. But it says, like, the work that you do while procrastinating should be the work that you do for the rest of your life. And then it's set on this beautiful typography or whatever. And I think I like it because it's not like a reminder to maybe do that someday. But it's a reminder that I think I've kind of done that my whole life already. And then I ended up mm-hmm. where I am because I spent a lot of time like in college and stuff. My friends would go out. Do you want to come with us? You know, no, I'm just going to download things on LimeWire or whatever, which partly was introversion <laughs> and partly was actually I'm going to like poke around at CSS. And because I had fun <laughs> in that way, too. So and then I decided to turn that into a job. And I just want to like hold on to that, you know, youthful exploration stuff as much as I can. You know what my wife and I were talking about the other day? It, it, 
was, you know, how like in the LimeWire days, you would download like every TV show theme song there was. <laughs> like, and, and you'd be like, dude, dude, come to my room. I got Charles in charge. Can you check it out? And you'd just sit there and like listen to the Charles in charge theme song. And people would like high five each other. Like, hell yeah, dude, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> just what an innocent, wonderful time that was. Uh, I just like, oh my god, dude, do wheel fortune dicks. Oh, oh yeah, my god, uh, it'll take sixteen hours, but we'll see. You know, <laughs> come back tomorrow, and like, I just that was like, I swear, half of college was like list scamming TV theme songs. Anyway, <laughs> but, uh, oh my god, I had like I had like Homer Simpson clips, like a whole oh, folder yes, full of everything. Them. Yeah. There's one where he sings "Shave in my shoulders" that I still remember. <laughs> He's in the shower, shaving his shoulders. Oh, so good. So, hey, hey, but back to Christmas break. Uh, you just reminded me. You said LimeWire, and I yeah. was triggered. Um, <laughs> but the, you know, I, I wrote a blog post, and my kids were like, my kids were like, "Hey, Dad, why are you working? It's not work day." And you know, that's a bummer. But I, but I was also like, "Hey, bud, days don't matter no more. They're all the same." <laughs> I just, it's just like, we, there's no such thing as days I know anymore, we taught so you about just, days, but. Yeah, but not anymore. It's 2020. We're just getting through it. Uh, but then, you know, it's like I put the computer down and what do I do? I organize the pantry that has tangible family benefits, but like, is this not programming? Like, it feels like I'm just organizing a blog post or something. I know. Like that. This, uh, as different as this is, organizing the pantry, which I did and I enjoyed, but it was like. This feels like this feels like programming. Is that not? I it? know my brain is just like yours. It really is. I'm like I so, need to I need to get into um, to like light welding. Let me, let me oh let yeah. me collect all the stuff. I got to get a case to keep all my welding stuff in. I got to look at blog posts. And stuff. I'm like I'm like just like devouring this new hobby just because it's a my style. You know I I've known other probably healthier people who are like, oh, I can't play like an RPG after work. I got to play like Doom because all I want to do is shoot monsters in the head. I can't like think about a game. And I'm like, that's boring. I want a game where I need a notebook to keep track of my inventory <laughs> where I can do hand-drawn maps because I, my brain has to be that activated all the time. You, know? you mean this notebook from my D&D <laughs> tell, I, I write the lore, the whole chronology of the entire uh, oh. That's amazing. And then I, uh, every, every meeting commences with a rereading of the, the transcript. Right. <laughs> anyway, That's like a non-passive hobby, you know, it's not yeah, exactly like programming, but a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, what, what hobby has <laughs> maximizes number of people and, um, and like basically required, uh, I don't but know, what if you, then is the lesson from that, this work, that I just did or that you do or anybody does that feels different and rejuvenating and fun and fresh and stuff. Is that a sign that you should do that all the time? Or if you did it all the time, would it just become boring, rote, bleh, like anything else? Not that I feel that way about my job, but I, I don't feel the same way about it as I do about doing sometimes fresh feeling work. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, I, I think it, you can trick yourself into thinking it's fun time, but it's actually work time, you know, like, mm. like you can slip into that or something, or, you know, you may be burning the candle at both ends. Um, but, you know, but sometimes it's just like, you know, if I get this out of my head, if this is gone and, and moves to the next checkpoint, I, I'm so much better. Like my whole life is better. I don't have to think about this. I'd get one less email, looming over my head. So, I mean, I don't know, again, all days are the same, but you just kind of got to figure it out. But I think there's, there's a lot of science too, just like taking breaks and getting rest and, you know, that's like worth it. So yeah, it's huge. Yeah. And it reminds and, me so. of that, like took a walk, you know, was amazed by a blade of grass, came back refreshed. Yeah. Somebody I've heard like walking is the best productivity tool. I've heard, I've heard mm -hmm. somebody say that. So Unfortunately, my physiology gets kind of amped up after any kind of exercise, <laughs> and then I can't focus all day. So whatever, oh, jeepers, probably need medicine. So <laughs> I've been doing these right, for for the the holidays. We decided to buy each other one of the the Peloton machines, Ooh, but it takes yes, yes, yes. Uh, untold months to arrive. 
Uh-huh. So okay. it'll be okay. Q2, you know, by the time we get this thing. But the second you buy it, then you have access to the the videos and stuff. Yeah. I have quite a few friends who I have quite a few friends who used it. And so yeah. they so I'm uh, doing those on the at the office. You put it on the Apple TV in here and Oh heck yeah. Little... Your your office looks like one of the Apple TV or oh, like yeah, Apple Fitness studios. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. We got it. ordered some new furniture this week that's arrived, so I'm excited about that. It's 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 fun. Nice. It's fun. I have a little bike trainer. I might start doing that in the new office. Uh, I had it in my current office, but then the kids found it and like mm-hmm. cut themselves on the pedals. Are the kids excited like, about yeah, the yeah, new kids. office? Or are you like, hmm, that's a place where kids don't go? <laughs> you know, I, well, so my current office will turn into their playroom. Oh. And I think they're excited about their playroom, yeah. which I am excited about because all the Legos go in there. Yeah. I already so. have a lot of Legos and I don't know that she has the dexterity to even put two Legos together yet. <laughs> so my wife kind of side eyes me a little bit. Like, why did you buy all these? These are for you. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, they kind of are. I've never well, got into Legos yeah. before, but now I, I used to have a kind of a snooty opinion about them, which I've, won't share at the moment because it's a sidetrack thing. But but now when you, the, following the instructions closely and just building what they tell you to build is very zen. I like it. Very zen. I put together a Lego, a ship in a bottle this week that nice. I got for Christmas. And uh, But again, is this just programming? I'm just following instructions. <laughs> like I'm just doing instructions. Anyway. You just read the docs, man. Uh, just read the docs and follow the instructions. But it's... Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's cool. It, it Legos with kids, it happens very fast. It goes from like not interested, not interested to like you have giant buckets of Legos. So it, it's very, very quick. <laughs> well, uh, let's do a, one question really quick. Matt Batman yeah. is is wondering basically about you know, the connection between React and Facebook, essentially. So okay, React is, right. is Facebook. What are your thoughts on abstaining from a certain open source technology because of the organizations that support and benefit from them? For it, for instance, it seems like there's a number of people who use Vue instead of React in protest of Facebook. Do you think this is an effective strategy, and do you think there's merit to this concept at all? Yeah, the heavy question. I mean, I, I think it's clear Facebook has torn the fabric of society and led to the fall of American democracy. But (laughs) is react part of that? It's a hell of a sentence to say, Mm, but after I don't, I mean, but is uh, react part of that? Um, For me, it, it does factor in, but Mm -hmm. that's just me. Um, I know other people it factors in for, Uh, I like view. So there you go. Yeah. Would you say it's your main factor Do Is it, it's more about, like if you liked the syntax of React, you like Vue for more reasons than just the fact that it's not contributing to the downfall of society, but you also like the APIs, right? I, I like the APIs. I think I am into directives like Vue if and Vue uh, for are awesome. I mean, it, it, like I know people don't like that and bad taste from Angular and stuff like that, but it's pretty awesome in Vue. And I like Vue's SFC model, like, like, the scripts go here, template goes here, styles go here. It's awesome. It's you know import style from foobar f- faz. You're it's just there. You know, um, you just write a style. So I like that. Um, and I want to give some. Can we give some shop talk show people some homework here? I've been I've been trying to get our yeah. view SFC loader to not mess with ES modules imports. So you have a, you have a mm. view SFC and you want to load a library from Skypack or Unpackage or whatever as an import, but like leave it alone, you know, like don't do anything fancy. Just like let the browser do it. I haven't found a combination of bundler stuff that supports the view loader properly that will leave it alone. Huh. I just, just I can't, can't find it, but there must be something, huh. right? You know, view, view, uh, can have like an aggressive kind of webpack strategy, you know, because yeah. you're not writing JavaScript. You, I like aborted webpack so. right away because they just don't. I've played this game before with webpack and lost. So we we got on roll up right away because view it, it looks mm-hmm. official ish, the roll up view SFC plugin. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like I like roll up. That feels like yeah. a loaded word thing to say, but. Anyway, no, I think it's I think it's good. Like I, I like it too. I I it feels like grunt versus gulp to me. 
grunt yeah. like webpack feels more like grunt and, and roll it feels like gulp but, i kind of want to be like um, i will give you 50 dollars if you give me a repo that can process a usfc with roll up and leave the import alone but don't actually do that because i don't want 10 people to do it and owe you all 50 bucks you have to email me first <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> email, yeah you have to claim it and then um but anyway view i like view for a lot of reasons um I, you know, I think if I were to like design my own framework or like component framework, it might actually look more, something more like react. I mean, like, it just like, that's, it's, it's very clever. It's very ingenious. The reactivity model is awesome. Uh, I, I don't like, if you're using react, like that's great. Like I, 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 and whatever, I, not to cause too much hot drama or beef. We know we're trying to wrap up the show here, but like, I just, there's, I feel like there's been some historic ignorance sort of, or, or um, sort of um, playing down of like the cost of a whole client side thing, you know, a whole client side sort of system. Um, and, and I think we're seeing it now with server components, which we didn't talk about. I can talk about probably next show or something like that, but like, you know, we're starting to see like, the real world hit where it's like, okay, yeah, this actually does need like a whole server sort of story and stuff like that. So anyway, I I feel like that's maybe addressed a little bit more naturally in view. So that's just me. So, yeah, that's feels fair. My, my opinion is that Dave's probably right in that it does, you know, like your, your morals should play a role in technology. Um, but I also feel like if you want to punch Facebook, I do. I'm mad at Facebook. You're bad. Yeah. You're bad. You do a bad job. Sorry. Pissed. Then punching Facebook, the best way is to not engage with that at all because they're not a company if you're not there. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but like, don't engage either, like, like be like, oh, oh you this friend group wants to do, organize something. Oh, let's use Facebook. Be, be the friend that's like, no, let's do email <laughs> or let's do some startup or something that you like that can do the same thing. Keep your friend organized. Mm-hmm. So, so be the, you know, you don't even have to be the voice of dissent. Be the voice of like, I don't use Facebook and won't participate on your Facebook group. So here's an alternative that, that we could use there. That punch is a little stronger than like what JavaScript library are you going to use in my opinion? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, you know, your JavaScript library choice isn't going to take bucks out of their wallet, you know, which I think is the ultimate penalty, you know, mm-hmm. and, and bucks off of the stock market. So, you know, I think if you, I, again, but, but the roadmap of react and this has been some criticism lately too is controlled by facebook it's you know yeah server components showed up out of nowhere by people who work at facebook yeah. like you know and, and so like that roadmap it's a product built for facebook if it meets your company's needs awesome but like it's it's a product built for facebook and they control the roadmap yeah. if you want to like change react you either have to do a <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you're going to do it because they like pay half a dozen dozen people to work on it full time. So, yeah, I don't know what to, what to say about that. And, and, you know, of course this comes from the guy, me who uses it in production and who has an Instagram account and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And, Again, it's like, if you're using it, I think it's great. Yeah. But like, if you're like, do I have a choice? Absolutely. You do. So like, yeah. <laughs> You know, and yeah. but I feel like that way about may design not be... systems too. Like sometimes, you know, how React is for Facebook, which it is. I mean, I, maybe they are aware that it's a bigger global thing than that, and they're beholden to slightly more than that. But really, the you know motivation is motivation. It comes from a place. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that that sometimes design systems are like that too. They're like, look at our amazing design system. Like you need to understand that's for them. Not for you, even if it's open source, mm-hmm. you know, and there's some yeah. where the motivation is different. I even feel like bootstrap is in this category. It's not for anybody. It's for you. Yeah. So that motivation is aligned correctly. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I mean, in bootstrap story, it, was, it started for Twitter internal apps. You know, isn't like, the story of that like kind of like it never, it wasn't. Yeah. It was for internal apps. K- kinda. 
is what I, I it just got picked up yeah and then right yeah. and it's not anymore and I think that story is weird and I think isn't it like still on NPM as Twitter bootstrap it, which it just feels like one of these weird stories in tech where like that honestly doesn't have a hell of a lot to do with Twitter it's no, not. not anymore yeah well and I think that's the best thing that could happen to react is it leaves the umbrella of Facebook you know but we'll see I don't know yeah uh, I don't know either be interesting so anyway hey Chris, what a smashing show. We only one technical difficulty. Uh, so <laughs> what a way to kick off the year. Uh, thank you, dear listener, of course, for downloading this in your podcatcher choice. Be sure to star heart favorite it up. That's how people find out about the show. Uh, follow us on Twitter at shop talk show for tens of tweets a month. Um, we're heading into new year. We got some new plans, got maybe a, maybe new website, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, stay tuned. Uh, we'll post updates over there. So, um, Chris, mm-hmm. do you have anything else you'd like to say? Shoptalkshow.com. <laughs>